BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hey, Giants fans, welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. Today, we're going to be Giants talking about the Giants versus Diamondback series, which is not over, but is uh, approaching a conclusion. The, Gi- the Diamondbacks just snapped a five-game winning streak of the Giants. And we're going to sit down with Dwayne Kuyper, as we try to do with most of our Thursday episodes. Uh, before we go any further... I got to mention that Giants Talk is presented by Wendy's Breakfast. Do breakfast better. Wake up to oven-baked bacon and savory sausage in a breakfast baconator. Start looking forward to tomorrow morning at participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours only. Alex, I had a breakfast baconator this morning. Did you? How was and it? I have to Careful. say, the bacon. The bacon was the was incredible. Probably the best like fast food bacon I've had in my life. Baconator is such a good name. Just, yes. What more do you want? It's the like I later. can picture the Don Draper esque meeting yeah. room they were in when they came up with I mean, that. It was like it was Baconator. Like, yeah, Don Baconator. Um, but Unreal. yeah, the Cole Kuiper uh, Cole's lunch seal of approval. Let's talk Giants versus Diamondbacks. Giants have taken two of the three in this four game series so far. They cannot let this series get split. Game four is a must win. Yeah, it's a weird. Big like August 18th game, especially finishing off what would be a very, very good homestand. Um, I think you and I said on Monday, like take three or four, because this team's yeah. giving them a lot of trouble. At least it if not sweep, they had a chance to sweep. They also, you know, had a chance on Tuesday to lose that game. So could go a lot of different ways here. But yeah, um, sneaky big one to finish a homestand. You always like to have a happy flight. And look, this is an easier road trip, but Denver's never easy. So uh, yeah. Good day to get a win on Thursday if they want to keep this going. Yeah, yeah. Must win on Thursday. Let's talk about that. That could have gotten a sweep game. The game three. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Man, I'm right. I, I don't want to start negative. Giants are are just finished a five-game winning streak, but what's what's the bullpen situation, Alex? How how can we get this fixed? Because it's been plaguing us all season long. I mean, just to rub it in. Melanson closes this game. He has more saves this year than he did in his entire Giants tenure. He might have more saves against the Giants in the last two years than he did for the Giants. Oh my god! Pretty close. Yeah, and he, you know, I mean, there was a runner on first, but that was the guy he struck out. So he actually made that look pretty easy. Um, I this is kind of where this is where I've been at with this team, and this is why I thought they should have sold at the deadline. Because I, the defense and the bullpen were huge, huge problems. They have solidified the defense. Um, actually, have done a pretty good job. I mean, there's been a few errors here and there. But it's not like costing them a game every night like it was seemingly for a stretch. But the bullpen now is like, and even during this five-game winning streak, how many of those games 
you know, where the bases loaded in the seventh inning or a runner on third mm-hmm. in the eighth inning. And um, even against Pittsburgh, there were some close calls there. Uh, so it's just Monday night at what they went six to one and they, they threatened to kind of let the, the Diamondbacks back into that game as well. Like they've just kind of been flirting with disaster for the last week and, you know, it bit them on Wednesday. And that's kind of the big issue. Uh, we'll get we'll get to this with your dad. Uh, and I know you saw this a big conversation on like social media tonight. If Should Duvall pitch pitch the eighth inning as well or, or at least try to get four out safe. They're not going to go anywhere if other guys can't get get the ball to Duvall. So. You know, you can't just – and Gabe Kapler said this. You can't just run him out there every time you're in a tight spot. Other guys need to get the ball to him. So, yeah, it, it's just – so you know, it's a weird spot. He's a young pitcher. He's 25 years old. He's throwing harder than he ever has, which is great, but also makes you kind of a little squeamish at times, you know, just given what we know about pitchers um, and pitcher injuries. They, they have to be careful with him, and other guys have to step up, and it just seems like – it seems like two or three times a week that it's somebody else who kind of collapses. Yeah, no, you're, you're a hundred percent, right. It's it, with how many weak spots the giants had this year. It seems like so many of them are patched up on this current yeah. roster, but the bullpen's not one of them. Bullpen's yeah. still a glaring issue. Um, I don't, I, I feel bad that I started with this because there's so much good stuff we could be talking about right now. Well, we just watched it. So rush the, yeah, it's, it's fresh. The wound is still healing, but uh, let's, let's talk positives. Brandon Crawford's home run the other night, just absolutely incredible. Uh, the first giant since Pablo Sandoval in 09 to hit a walk-off Homer when the giants are down to their final out. And the craziest part about it, Alex is when that ball was hit, I turned to my wife and just said, not deep enough. Nope. There it is. Yeah, it was funny. And, and I want to talk about the Diamondbacks outfielders, but Alec Thomas has been incredible and he just gets back to the wall on everything and seems to jump on everything and have a shot at everything. And he kind of ran back and then he slowed down. And uh, that's when I started to think, oh, and I think Crawford said the same thing. He was he was looking at him and, and saw him and and uh, thought, oh, that ball's getting out. So, I mean, that's that's a poke on a on a night game at Oracle park. It has been a little bit warmer here. So the ball's traveling a little bit better than it, it normally would, but still to go dead center. And you mentioned the comeback, like that is three times in the last month that they have been behind and have gotten a, a walk-off homer. So it's, so it, it's been kind of an incredible run for them. And it's something they haven't done for like 40 years. It's, it's, it's been awesome. It's finally, you know, a little glimmer, something to smile about. Um, but the, I think maybe what, what made it so weird for me is I was convinced that Yastrzemski pop out two batters before Crawford was out. Yeah. To crack the bat, that sounded great. So I got up off my chair and celebrated that one for a half second. And I, maybe I was just too jaded after that, but, uh, not the same energy from me as the Estrada walk off a few days before that. Yeah, Crawford, you know, and this is obviously a guy who's played almost 1,600 games for the Giants. Like, the highlight reels of everything are going to be ridiculous. But whenever he retires, you can put together a solid, like, two minutes of Crawford walk-offs. He, he has a lot oh, yeah. of hits at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also obviously got to give a shout-out and maybe even an apologies on behalf of the bullpen to Carlos Rodon, who struck out 11, um, which are we just – can we call that the Lincecum? Yeah, I mean, he is the first guy since Winscombe to have seven double-digit strikeout games in a season for the Giants. Like, he's getting – I did the math tonight. If he continues on this pace, he's going to strike out 246 batters. Or 
somewhere around there. We'll we'll see what happens in late September as he approaches free agency and, and things like that. But that's a lot. It, it's something that fewer than 10 guys in Giants history have reached that. So we're seeing something we don't see very often around here. I have a weird Carlos Rodon take for you. But tonight was the first time in a while that I I missed pitchers hitting because of how angry he pitches. I feel like he could channel that anger into some cool at-bats. Yeah, he might be a, like a big swing, big miss guy. 100% so. swinging out of his shoes. Uh, I looked it up. He's got two hits in his career. One of them's a double. Yeah, He's two for eight. That's not bad. I mean, he's a powerful guy. You can imagine when he makes contact, it, it's uh, going somewhere. I, 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 I'd love to see it. I'd love. To, maybe I'll just pull some old YouTube videos up and uh, and catch some Rodon batting highlights. But uh, but he's been a great giant and definitely one of the guys I hope they can uh, hang on to at the end of this year. But I'm not keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> I was about to say, good luck. Yeah, good luck. But. I don't need to look to Carlos Rodon for offensive uh, help right now because the bats are finally heating up. Lamont Wade Jr. on fire. Once again, I felt like it was 2021. He gets pulled for a platoon at bat, and I'm like, what are we doing? Come on. Um, and then J.D. Davis, he he's just – I think it's official that we just fleeced the Mets in that trade. Well, Darren Ruff has turned out to be a two-way player. So That's true. He, he went two scoreless innings. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it's it's going to be a tie. Um, but yeah, J.D. Davis looks like I think most impressive about him is like he has no problem with Oracle Park. Like he's power yes. plays here. So that is a positive sign going forward. Who knows what he becomes? Who knows where his numbers ultimately settle if he plays a full season here? But I, I think he is, you know, you don't we don't see a lot of guys who come here and just go like, ah, doesn't matter. I'm getting the ball in the air. I'm getting it over the fence. You can tell he was he was born to play baseball in San Francisco. Yeah. When he was a kid, he was dangerous. always just like, like, I'll be a giant someday. I know this. I might be a despite, Dodger fan, but I'll be a giant someday. <laughs> despite what I might say on the internet, I'll be a giant someday. Uh, one of the big roster moves everyone's talking about is Luis Gonzalez getting sent to triple A. I uh I was taken off guard by this, and then I looked at the numbers. I didn't realize how cold he has been since he came back from the IL. Yeah, I was not taken off guard because I felt like just about every at-bat he tried to put a bunt down recently, like just kind of looked uncomfortable and looked like he was trying to find other ways on base, which is great when it's like part of the toolbox. Um, when you're doing it a lot and, you know, not getting on base, it, it starts to look a little bit tougher. So, yeah, one for his last 30. Uh, the second half numbers have been you know, a pretty big dip for him. You look at the first half numbers compared to the second half. I mean, 282 average in the first half, 192 in the second half, 414 slugging percentage in the first half, 274 in the second half. So numbers-wise, it makes sense. It puts him in a bit of a weird roster spot as we saw tonight. Uh, you know, we're not used to seeing him with four bench guys because they, they love to play that bench and love to pinch run and pinch hit. But yeah, it's just when you're the young guy who has options, you're always going to be kind of on the chopping block. And when you're slumping, it, it makes it that much more difficult. And when they look at the bullpen and say, we need to find a way to get Zach Littell back on this roster and we're going to Coors Field for three days and Carlos Rodon and Logan Webb are not going to pitch there. 
you need the extra bullpen help. So it all added up to a move that ultimately, like when you actually step back and think about it, it makes sense. But I, I get that it's still like jarring when you see Luis Gonzalez come across your, your screen. So can you predict with me here if we will see him as soon as the course field trip is over? Or do you think it will be as far as maybe the next homestand? Well, he basically has to wait until the next homestand to return. I, I would, you know, just on the timing of it for him being yeah. down there unless somebody gets hurt. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if rosters expand on September 1st. And when they get back, they're basically at September 1st. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see some, you know, weird stuff for a couple days as they wait to mm-hmm. get there. And, uh, but he should be back in September. Okay. Okay. Good. That, that makes me a little better. We saw how a short trip and a talk with Will Clark kind of, fixed Joey Bart. So maybe uh, yeah. we can get a little uh, sabbatical for Luis Gonzalez here as well. Um, you you mentioned this earlier, raving about Alec Thomas um, in center field for the Diamondbacks. What Do you think the Giants need something like that? And then Dalton Varsho tonight, the catch he made, uh, you know, in, in triples alley. It's just like, I, I know I've become, I was maybe like this with the Padres last year, just like, man, they're good. Like this, this Diamondbacks team is just, you watch them run around and you watch them in a ballpark like this and go like, they make it look easy at times. And the giants just haven't. And I will talk about this in the off season, but just an early, early thing that I'm seeing from watching them in here. And this is no, like no great revelation, but like, it would be nice to have somebody in center field, run the ball down like that. So it's a big ballpark. It's, it's a place where a lot of balls are hitting the gaps and, Watching Thomas and Varsho run around, you kind of just go like, man, that would be cool. So yeah. it's it's something they'll be back here in September. They, you know, obviously there's a Thursday game, but I mean, pay attention to that. Pay attention to how many balls they chase down in those gaps and and what an impact that makes. I mean, Varsho robbed a double tonight, maybe a triple in what ended up being a one run game. So and you mentioned the Ostremski shot to to left center last night, and Thomas was right there. He got there very easily. So, and they might, neither one of them might be in center field soon because one of the top prospects in baseball is a diamondback center fielder. So, so just, you know, it would be nice. That's all I'm saying. It would be nice. We, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, we've had Yaz laying out for some uh, balls this year, but not quite the same. We need someone to cover that big track of ground out there. Cause you're right. There've been plenty of balls hit two triples alley i feel like this series that normally would get through and just have not been yeah i want to see a guy on next year's team who can chase those balls down and i don't care if he's batting nine just put somebody out there who's who can chase him down can we call mike talkman up steven duggar available yeah mike talkman <laughs> for an all-star we're an all-star um another cool thing that was going on during this homestand is reggie crawford giants 2022 first round draft pick Showed up at the ballpark, took some BP, got some time in front of the camera. Did you get to meet him? I did. I sat down with him one-on-one. We will air that um, sometime soon on this podcast. There we go. We, we have a little backlog from 2012. And uh, obviously, we wanted to talk to your dad tonight and, and get his thoughts on what's been going on. But I did sit down with him. So if if you just happen to be like strolling by Giants Talk, then subscribe. So you, you have that one sometime soon. But he is... Look, that he is incredibly impressive just as a person and maturity-wise. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of his because he was, and I mentioned this in the interview with him, he he was a very, very, very good high school swimmer. And I was a 
very That's mediocre right. high school swimmer. You're a but, swim guy. Yeah. You, what, what was your race and what was his race? Uh, similar, actually. He was like a sprint freestyle guy. So that was okay. Those were my favorite events. I just I looked up his times today and I was like, oh, you were way better than me. So he's way ahead of he was very, very good. He could have been a college swimmer, but um, very impressive guy. And watching him, I've been doing this since 2012. I've seen a lot of first round picks come in here. I've sat down with a lot of first round picks. He's by far the most physically impressive. Like Elliot Ramos was impressive for what he was. He looked like he should be a college linebacker. Uh, you know, Crawford looks like Aaron Judge almost like yeah. he he is huge he is jacked he was hitting balls out already like made it look pretty easy during batting practice hit one 450 um out to triples alley who knows what he becomes like it is a it is a toolbox right it's just all the tools are there he throws 100 miles per hour from the left side he is a slugging first baseman slash dh the plan is to let him let him play both initially and see where he ends up and see which one ends up being better but I just was so stunned by like how physically impressive he is uh, as a first round pick. Like you can really dream on that and you see why they picked him in the first round. There was a great video clip of him and Gabe behind the, the on deck circle back behind the cage. Yeah. Um, and they, they just, the, both of them being so built, they both just looked normal. Yeah. Like he, he looked normal next to Gabe Kapler. Who's like the most jacked dude i've ever known about so that was like i was like oh man this uh crawford kid is enormous but i i saw the clip of him taking bp i'm in i'm so yeah. excited i'm not going to get my hopes up yet that he's a uh a two-way player as a major leaguer but wouldn't that be a great little cherry on top yeah and we can talk about that more when we run that interview it's it's going to be extremely difficult for him to actually do that but they're going to let him try I, I would just say first impressions you know from a maturity standpoint from a charisma standpoint like you look at him and you go like this is and not all giants first round picks have struck me this way you're like if this turns out the way they hope he's a superstar yeah but obviously there's a long way to go and he hasn't played a whole lot of competitive baseball but you can see why they were so excited to get him with the last pick of the first round yeah and you were living in the era of the two-way player, but we have to just tell Let's ourselves not everyone can be Darren yeah, Ruff. Exactly. All right. Wild card. Watch. There's only one Darren uh, Ruff. There's only one Darren Ruff. Uh, Giants are just one game above 500, despite our very chipper demeanors, but they are five and a half games out of the last wild card spot. How are you feeling about all this right now, Alex? Because it seems like a few of the teams that uh, need to be winning are folding but it also seems like everyone but the giants has a pretty fairly easy last couple of weeks of baseball yeah they do have that diamondbacks rockies um stretch at the end of the season they have a very difficult start to september i think you look at the numbers and you look at this bullpen sorry to go back to the bullpen you just you have a hard time seeing how they climb back where they need to climb at the same time I look at the standings and I keep seeing, and I know I've said the Phillies are far ahead of them, but then you remember what the Phillies do every year. And, and we've talked about this with the Padres. Like if you want to be chasing a team down in September, you want it to be the Padres yeah, because they're going to screw it up somehow. And they traditionally, baby. And yeah. And they, you know, they kind of just did with Tatis in a, in a big way. And they've had a rough road trip. 
Uh, they have not played very good baseball since getting Juan Soto and Josh Hader. So, yeah, I, I think the numbers don't look great. The Giants have gotten some help over the last few days from the Marlins. They got some help from the Dodgers, of all people, just going up to Milwaukee and taking a couple games there. Um, but, yeah, if you want to be chasing teams down at this point here, I guess you want to be chasing the Phillies and the Padres, not like the Dodgers and the Braves. Yeah. Yeah, the the thing that I keep coming back to is pretty much all of these teams, except maybe the Padres, they've just been consistent. But all of these teams had one just tear at some point this season where they won like 15 of 20 and were just crushing it. And if they can do that, the Giants can do that. We can get lucky. We can get hot for a couple series. And that's really all it's going to take. I mean, they have gotten hot for a week and but like, like a real tear real. T- they snuck back within four and a half. So it is like that's and that's kind of what they said at the trade deadline. They're like, you know, you're always a good week away from being back in a much better spot. So, yeah, um, I, we yeah, can't call this a tear yet that. when they're sitting one game above 500. No, it's it's it is. Uh, yeah, I was sitting there on Tuesday night and I was like, oh, they might, you know, run this run this streak up a little bit and i looked at the standings and i was like oh they're still sitting at 500 oh. <laughs> yeah it is it is not much of a terror but you're counting on teams coming back to you and if you're counting on teams to come back to you you know there are worse bets than the padres yeah i i right now i'm uh i have canceled my october plans oh bold. put it that way yeah i have um, preliminarily I'm... looked at hotel options just just to get it in the back Ooh. of your head, you you always you don't want to be shocked when it comes to like October fifth. Just just always, you know, when the schedule comes out, we look a year ahead. So now I'm looking like two months ahead because you kind of know. Like the thing is, like you figure the Giants, if they do get in, they get that third spot, and you know who's going to be the first spot. It's going to be, um, yeah. You can kind of just look at the standings and, and figure it out. So yeah, the the math's all there. Yeah. So it, it's a uh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll we'll check back we'll in three days. I I'm yeah. This this could age very poorly, or this could be us heralding. You know, this could very be on the DVD Thursday afternoon for the World Series. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we uh, bring Dwayne Kuyper in to ask him about uh, a few very interesting things that have developed since we've last talked to him, because man, it does feel like it's been quite a while since we've had him here on the uh, on the podcast. Got to take a moment to give a shout out to Togos. Togos is introducing the new pastrami cheesesteak to their tasty cheesesteak lineup featuring a quarter pound of hot pastrami sauteed mushrooms roasted red peppers all smothered with melted american cheese available only at togo's um all right i want to bring Dwayne kuyper in i want to talk 2012 world series reunion i got all kinds of stuff i want to ask him Honda is your gateway to spring adventure. Thousands of new Civics, Accords, SUVs, and more are arriving daily. So come in and buy or reserve yours today. For details, ask anyone who owns a Honda or visit NorCalHondaDealers.com. All right, we're talking to Dwayne as we always do. Um, This is coming after a loss, but there's been a lot of wins before this, and you got to really kind of get your pipes going a couple times. Estrada gave you a walk-off. Crawford gave you a walk-off. Um, the calls, I must say, and I'm not your son, so this is an unbiased opinion, unlike the other one on this podcast. The calls were excellent. And I was wondering last night as, as I was listening to the Crawford call, do you, because as I write a story, I kind of prepare for a moment like that. Like you start to 
prepare for writing a walk-off story. Do you prepare for a walk-off call? I don't. Uh, and I think the more spontaneous you are, the better. The uh, Estrada's home run on Sunday was way different than Crawford's home run uh, to win the game on Tuesday. I had a really good idea that Estrada's ball was gone just by the sound of the bat. And the, it, it's a day game where the ball is going to travel. Uh, I did not think Crawford's ball was going to go out. So my call on Crawford's was a little bit more reserved and surprised than, uh, than the one from Estrada. But you don't, you know, you, you, you get walk-off home runs, but they're usually in a tie game. It's rare to, to get a, two walk-off home runs where they actually tie the game and win the game. Yeah, and uh, and those are the ones where if you're really going to air it out, you should. Uh, I I think the other one was Yastrzemski's, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Grand Slam. Uh, that was probably the one where if you were ever going to lose your voice, that was going to be <laughs> it, just because of how far they had to come back to do it. Uh, but they are a lot of fun, and uh, and you have to take advantage of it. Uh, you just can't blow the call by by really jacking it up and then the guy catches it at the wall. Yeah. So you kind of have to be a little bit careful. Uh, it's different on TV than radio on, on radio. You have to be a lot more specific on TV. You can back off a little bit and, uh, and just kind of watch to see what happens before you, before you make the call, but they're all fun. I mean, they, they really are. You mentioned airing it out. Do you ever, on the way home or the next morning, go like, "Oh man, I, my throat hurts a little," or no, my body you know hurts what? a little from that? Uh, it, it's really rare if that happens. Uh, but I will tell you this: I will go home and I will listen to my call just to make sure that it was appropriate, and I'll listen to the to the visitors' call just to see how bad they feel. <laughs> and there's probably something that's not cool about that, but because I, I, I've always felt that, that if you're on the losing end of one of those calls, you still have to make a dramatic call because that's what the game deserves. And I don't want to be the guy that sits there and goes, well, that's gone. You know, I, I, I've, I watched, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not debating whether Hawk Harrelson was a great announcer or not, because I think he was really entertaining. I've watched walk-offs against the White Sox where he never said a word. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like on Sunday with the Estrada walk-off. It was just dead air on yeah. the Pirates broadcast. So, I mean, look, I, I get that you have to be totally entwined with your team but you also have to, to broadcast to the moment. And if that moment is against your team, you still have to give it some life. And, uh, and that's always the way I'm going to do it. I think John does it that way. I think Hank Greenwald did it that way. Uh, I think all the guys that helped teach us be broadcasters, I think they've all done it that way. So we haven't gotten a chance to talk with you since the 2012 reunion. So. Yeah. How was that for you? What was your favorite part? What a big, exciting day. Well, I think the first thing you do is you say, okay, 
who has really kind of let retirement get to them physically and who hasn't? In other words, who's gotten fat and who hasn't, right? Everybody was in shape. Yeah. It was amazing. They, they were all in shape. Good. They were all in a good mood. Uh, look, Pablo didn't come back, so there, there's no way we could pick on him because he's still playing. Uh, the, the guy that looked in great shape was Hector Sanchez. Yeah. And, you know, and you start to think, well, maybe Hector is going to let himself go a little bit. Not at all. And I Not think at all. maybe, Alex, you told me he's still playing, right? Yeah, he's playing independent ball, and I, there were some jokes on the. I went to the rooftop to um, across the street for their reception, and some of his teammates were joking. If he looked like that when he played for the Giants, he would still be playing for the Giants. <laughs> well, he looked great, and uh, and you know we had uh, Boach, we had Vogelsong, and we had Zito on uh, the broadcast, and all three were terrific in a different way, and uh, and I thought Barry Zito. You know, I sometimes think that that when Zito's on with us or if he's talking to you guys, that it's a therapy session for him. Yeah. And uh, and he got some things off his chest, you know, and I think all those things that he said to us were probably in his book, which I didn't read, uh, but I had a general idea as to what was going on. Uh, and, uh, and it was great. Uh, you know, every time they have this function at the VIA, we can't, we can't go because it's our preparation time to do the game. That's where you really get a feel as to how these guys are doing because they're not on a leash. They're not on TV. They're not on the radio. They can have fun and they can let it out. And that's the, the, the party that I wish I would have been to because that's how you get a real feel for these guys. So you didn't get to go to the, uh, the, the full pre-party where you brush shoulders no. with the whole 2012 team. But did you get to uh, talk to anyone surprising that maybe you weren't expecting to? Well, I mean, I think I was visiting with Alex when, when uh, Marco Scudero came up with his son yeah. and, uh, and I had a really nice conversation with, with him. And I thought what he had to say was really interesting. He was with his son. His son is a really little handsome little guy. He's 11 years old, and his son was one year old when all of this was going on, including the parade. And he said he really wanted to bring back his son to show him how much the fans appreciated his dad. And uh, and I think some of the players really did that. I think Zito brought, brought his oldest uh, son with him. Uh, so that was really the only one, other than the guys that came up to visit. Uh, and look, we're missing Buster. We're missing Lincecum. We're missing Pablo, you know, we're missing probably a couple other guys, but, uh, but you know what, you know, they had their reasons why they couldn't be there. They were all good reasons. The other guy that looked great, like he could still play was Pagan. And, uh, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Angel Pagan, but it was really good to see him too. What I'm getting from that is that you want to take me to a baseball game at Oracle park to show off how much <laughs> the fans love you. Well, no, that's, that's true, Cole, because uh, I used to take you to a lot of games when you were little, and you paid little attention to the game, and you paid little attention to me, but you paid a great deal of attention to the book that you were reading. So, and those were some really, really good books, and those were some really, really bad years of baseball. Well, you're right, and, uh, and I loved having you with me because I always got a different perspective on what was going on in life from you. And, uh, and that's still the case. 
fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately. So the other big baseball news that's broke since we last spoke to you, obviously, is down in San Diego, Fernando Tatis Jr. tested positive for PEDs. How shocked were you by that to hear one of the young faces, one of the young stars of baseball is wrapped up in another uh, uh, PED controversy? Shocked, disappointed, disappointed for a lot of reasons, because he's he's a young guy that a lot of kids are paying attention to. And it's a really a disappointment for them, because now somebody has to explain to the really younger kids what's going on. Uh, and, and I think that's the disappointing part. He should know better. And uh, and if you want to believe the ringworm story, that's fine. Uh, believe it all you want but he knew what was going on and uh and he's gonna have to pay for it the problem is is you just don't pay for it for the time that you're suspended he's gonna have to pay for this for the rest of his life for every year that he plays and he might play for 20 years this will never go away and uh and that's the unfortunate thing plus now you always have a question mark is to what he did in the past, is that the real deal? Well, we'll find out if he's when he starts to play again, if he can be the same player he was before he was tested to how he's going to perform now that we know what was going on back then. It's it's really too bad. It's a it's a black eye for everybody. And uh, you know, and I, look, you can blame a lot of people, but you know, you have to point your finger at the one guy. Uh, and it's really too bad. I, I, I'm looking at. I don't think you know what. Look, some Giants fans can be happy about it because, you know, Tatis would make them a better team. I'm not happy about it because it's just bad for baseball. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's got 81 career home runs, and I just wanted to ask you, if you decided when you're 25, 28 years old playing baseball, Dwayne Kuyper, to just get juice to the gills, how many home runs would you have in you that? You know, Cole, only my kid could answer that, ask that question. <laughs> I was like, no. And only, and only your dad could say, that's none of your business. <laughs> I will tell you when we have lunch on Saturday. <laughs> you know what? If, if it, 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 the part of the question is, is if you're, if, if you're in that position where it's going to make you that much better than everybody else, you have to make a really serious decision as to whether you want to do that or not. And, uh, and you know, if, if you're looking at three or four second basemen around the, the American League and they're doing that and they're going off the charts and they're making more money, you're sitting there going, well, I got to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, this is a job. And if someone offers you a pill that's going to, make you so good at your job that you're going to make another $10 million. Yeah. I'm probably taking that pill. Well, the other thing too, Cole, is that the T story is, is are the Padres going to punish him? Yeah. By not paying him. And, uh, and he signed this really outrageous contract. Good for him. But now they have to try to decide what was the value there was, was, the real value there in all the numbers that he had and what are we going to see going forward now that he's making this money? I have not read anything 
that the Padres are going to punish him one way or the other with his contract. But maybe the only way it stops is if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. all the other free agents who demanded contracts of a certain number because they wanted to match that one. Yeah. They got, they got paid too. It's it's a a whole domino effect that, uh, that just doesn't affect one guy. It affects a lot of people, including the fans really does. I'm going to finish with this. This is a hot topic on Giants Twitter tonight. Um, Camilo Duvall, you know, could have come into that game in the eighth inning when there are two runners on. Right. They elected not to use him. And I asked Gabe Kapoor about it afterwards. And he said it, it was a consideration, but, you know, we have to have faith in other guys in the bullpen. Camilo can't pitch all the big innings. Um, where do you fall on something like that? I mean, on the one hand, it, it's a time to make a move. On the other hand, it's still only August 17th, you know, like there's six weeks left. So, and, and he has to pitch a lot. Where do you fall yeah. on, on that kind well, of Well, I, I fall on it. Like when Dominic Leone came in, I didn't think Duvall should be coming in. So I can't think now that Duvall should have been coming in because I know what happened. Yeah. Uh, I just think Dominic Leone made a mistake by going after McCarthy the way he did with first base open. And, uh, and I think he knows that. And I think you'll think about that. Uh, if he throws that breaking ball in the dirt, which is probably what he wanted to do. Um, uh, you know, we're not even talking about Camilo Duvall. So it's probably more of an execution or, or, uh, you know, just make the pitch when you can. And he didn't make the pitch. So he didn't execute properly. All right. Good answers tonight. Good calls over the last week. You you let the pipes go. So uh, hope it was fun. And, and thanks as always for joining us. Well, and I'm going to go back and answer Cole. Ten. <laughs> ten. I didn't ten. Hit ten. ten. I was X. hoping you'd say 756. <laughs> <laughs> ten. Ten. ten zero. Right, zero. I like thanks it. Thanks for having me. Win a new Mercedes-Benz, cash, and more this month at Creighton Resort and Casino. Play to enter the Mercedes Winner's Choice Giveaway on August 26th, where you could win a new Mercedes-Benz. Plus, more ways to win than anywhere else. Tuesdays, turn points into slot play. Multiplier Wednesdays, get up to seven times the points. Thursdays, win up to $15,000 in the Beat the Heat slot tournaments. Learn more at CreightonResortCasino.com. Complete rules available at the Reward Center. around you can find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader